Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Bukayo Soccer. And before we start, I would like to say a big thank you to all of you that listened to the first episode. So let's kick off with the second one. So with this return of the uh, the podcast, the Premier League games return, not really Premier League, but like games in England, the FA Cup. And we're going to start with the one that happened this this night. That's Chelsea's game and City's game. And today I'm joined by two of my friends, so they are going to introduce themselves. Hi guys, I'm Chibuzo. Hi guys, I'm Collins. Okay, so obviously City's game was won by Nathan Aki in the 88 minutes, and yeah, it was really it was really tough because like for most of the game, I think we had better possession, we had more shots and everything, but like we just couldn't beat them, like we couldn't break them down. But luckily for us, we were able to bundle in a goal late in. Siva. If we now have most of possessions, I don't know what you're making noise about. Highest your shots. Because in the first half, at the ending minutes of the first half, sports had most of the possession. Like now, they are, we had many, I won't say like goal scoring opportunities, but there are opportunities that are counters that are leading to if we had some now. Because that fake Brazilian in sports, I don't know what that guy is doing with his life. But we need to buy an actual Brazilian. Primarily, we need to start buying actual Brazilians. So, like now, see Anthony now. <laughs> we need to buy, apart from Paquette and... Which one of that guy again? Martinelli. Martinelli. I say call Brazilians now. Which one is Martinelli? He <laughs> scored 15 goals in the league last season, 5 assists. This season now, Fa. What that's, happened to him? That same stats as Luis Diaz, but people don't give them the same red. Because Luis Diaz, if you watch Luis Diaz, you obviously know that he's better than Martinelli. Because Martinelli, first of all, everybody knows that when he's playing, he only looks at the ground. Like, everybody knows that last season, obviously, he was good, but that's, like, the only time he has ever been that good. Luis Diaz, even though he's obviously not, like, known for goal scoring, the guy is, he's a menace. You would obviously rather play against, um, what's his name, Martinelli, than play against Luis Diaz, because you can't, like, you can't rest when he's, when he's on your wing. But back to the City game, I feel like... If we took our chances early in the first half, we could have put the game to bed. But also sports because they had many chances to play. Like this guy, Udogi didn't play winner on. Like he didn't play him in behind, if you get what I mean. Like he had numerous chances to do that and he didn't do it. So I feel like City were actually lucky in this game. But obviously a win is a win. We'll take it and we'll go on to the next one. Then for Chelsea, I'm sure everybody expected Villa to probably win the game. But unfortunately, it was a still new new draw. So, uh, what do you guys have to say about that? Mm, I won't lie, the match was competitive, but what you also were trying, they were just trying to make Martinez man of the match. Especially that Palmer guy. That guy just uses his penalties cover for his sins. If, they, if like now, the guy will play rubbish, like this match or this week rather, next week, he'll go and score PKs and he'll now do his celebration <laughs> and cover for his sins. And everybody, all Chelsea fans now make us forget what he did last week. Or the previous weeks before. Like now, that match against Middlesbrough, how many clear chances the guy, that guy missed? Yeah, because I remember thing. there was even one, that one that he scared. Exactly. Same thing with this one now. He saw Sky in the ball, he ballooned it. Like, bro, what is bro actually doing? So, the match was actually a competitive match. I won't lie, Sha. Both keepers were like, at their best. Petrovic and Martinez, they, they are their best forms today. So, next on the list, obviously, the news came in today that Jürgen Klopp is going to step down as Liverpool manager after this season. I'm sure Buzo is going to be happy about that because <laughs> I remember some seasons back when uh, Liverpool and Barca played. We all remember what happened with the corner taking quickly. So, yeah, 
obviously it's going to be a big miss for them. Probably even a big miss for the whole league because Liverpool, like me as a City fan, I'm actually going to miss Klopp because like the rivalry, like even though obviously we prefer to be beating them, it was a nice rivalry. They always pushed us. I think they even made us a better team. So I think Jurgen Klopp is going to be a big miss for the league. Mm, it's going to be a big miss now, but there's a new rivalry now. That is Pep versus Angie. So, <laughs> in fact, if this like sports are like a consistent coach, it have been like him versus that particular coach. But now it's Pep versus Angie. So, look, I'm happy that Klopp has gone, Sha. Let me see what Liverpool will do with their fake fullback trends. So, I'm happy that he has gone. You know, Klopp is a guy that has really done a lot for this Premier League and 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 people that actually love this game because without Klopp, I don't think that Pep, Pep would have run through this league for like seven years in a row now. It's crazy because Klopp also won Champions League and there was even a time he knocked Pep out, I think 5-1 on aggregate. So this guy has done so much for football. The way he brought Liverpool back from the dead. Similar to what Ateta has done at us now, you know, Klopp is Klopp is like the blueprint of a rebuild because the way he did his own, it was really crazy. I remember Klopp's first starting exile in Liverpool with with um, this guy at left back was it Flanagan and Klein and all these bullshit players. He actually did a lot, and he didn't even have money at all. He had to sell Coutinho to get Van Dijk, Keita, Alisson, etc. Like we are just going to miss the guy. Besides the rivalry, because it's crazy. I think that Liverpool won't fall like Chelsea or Man U because they still have some top players like Salah, Trent, Zoboslai, Nunes, all these guys. They still have a lot of top players. Even Alisson, that is actually the best keeper in the world. They still have a lot of players like that. So they won't just fall. But we are going to miss Klopp a lot because Klopp can still live with a quadruple this season. That's how crazy his legacy is. He's in the Carabao Cup final already. He's still in the FA Cup. They've already knocked us now out. That was a very big win for him. They've they've been top of the table for how long now? Five points clear, I think. I think then of course the Europa League they should win the Europa League if 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 there's no upset. So Wait, Chichu, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but like I, like you mentioned how the guy is top of like almost every if all the competitions that he's in right now. Do you guys think like because this is last season, he's going to like he's going to push for it more? You guess like you know how usually when it's the last game of the season, they usually lose by like one point to City or some games before the end, they will just lose like Europa League. You know, it doesn't even take up competition seriously, but like because this is the last season, how do you guys think it's going to take it? Guys, another trophy season for Liverpool again, so there's nothing more. Pep, Pep, Pep doesn't care whether it's your last season or not. So, so what do you think of in Europa? Europa. <laughs> Any other club that is there apart from Liverpool? I think Chelsea is going to win um, this thing, Carabao Cup. Chelsea is not winning shit. They are going trophyless. So if Chelsea doesn't win Carabao, yeah, that means Liverpool is going to win it. Now. You have a point too. <laughs> Me, only I don't just like Liverpool. I have natural hatred for them. Liverpool and Arsenal, so I don't know. Why did they beef Liverpool and Arsenal? Backer fan? Doesn't make any sense. What did Liverpool do to me in 2019? <laughs> oh, I feel you, I feel you. I'm not trying, I just have a trade for. Arsenal is maybe because of their fans. I, I can't seem to like any Arsenal player because of their fans. Hyping G- Gabriel. 
for what? If if we start talking about Arsenal fans, we're going to sleep here this night because we can't talk about Arsenal without talking about Saka. And I think I think everybody knows how I feel about Saka, so let's just go to the next thing. Is he better than Saka? I'm not arguing. I'm not disputing the fact that he's better than Saka. That is your opinion. But tell me why. Tell me why you think Saka is better than Fodi. Well, Saka to start with is a right winger. Now, Fodin is a 10. Everybody knows that Fodin is a 10. That has been forced to play wing because he can. Fodin is very athletic. Fodin is technical. He can play a lot of positions up front. But, but the, thing, the thing about Fodin is that because he hasn't been able to nail a position down, it has affected his career, especially his international career because Fodin does not have a guaranteed spot in the English team. Saka now that has been a right winger since he broke out as an attacker when he left um, wing back duties and broke out as an attacker has been able to nail that right wing spot even to the fact that Saka is top three names on the England sheet as it stands right now Saka has been England's player of the year back to back Saka is the first player to win I don't English. I don't think I don't think Saka is first three names on that sheet. Well, if ob- your best player obviously. should be your first name. But Saka, Saka, Saka is not the best player. Saka is not the best player. He has the best player back to back. Even Phillips, Phillips has won it. Doesn't mean he's the best player. I went Phillips. You have, you have to call Kane. Phillips was starting for... You call Kane. Eh? You start with Kane. Exactly. Kane is definitely first name on England. Saka is better than Kane or anybody. I'm not even comparing Saka and Phillips. If you start calling Rashford. I'm just... Exactly. Yeah. You call Rashford. Last season, we would have called Rashford before Milan. for Saka. No, don't land. The thing is that Rashford. Don't land. Yeah, your mouth is full of Saka's comb. Keep quiet. Rashford. Your mouth is full of Saka's comb. Rashford don't land. Had, Rashford had. Rashford has always been a top player. Rashford had a very, very crazy purple patch last season. That were well, like thirty goals and eleven. I was crazy. Even at the World Cup, Rashford scored like three goals or so. So obviously, Rashford would have been one of the first names on the team sheet. When has Foden ever been one of the first names on the team sheet? I don't recall. Has Foden ever even been nominated for Player of the Year, England Player of the Year? Has Foden the ever thing, been... The thing, the thing with Foden, wait, chill. The thing with Foden is that, obviously, we can't deny the fact that he's, he's not a regular starter for England, but what he does for City, like, this guy broke out when he was, like, 18 years old. This guy, I even remember, um, because I remember because we played sports today, City on all their social media, they were posting about how his first prime goal came against um, sports. And that, that game even ended one new. So, like, Foden has been doing this thing since he was young. So, I don't think, like, bringing up the fact that he's not a starter for England because somebody like Grealish that won the treble, if, if Southgate is calling left wingers, he'll probably even pick Sterling based on form right now over Grealish. So, I don't think, like... Yeah, yeah, but Grealish, but Grealish, to be fair, actually, you just said it now. You said Grealish won the treble. End of the story. Grealish isn't better than Rashford. He won the treble, he won the treble. He's not better than Rashford. Palmer won the treble. Um, um, this person, Sergio Gomez won the treble. Stefan Ortega won the treble. So he's not, I don't think, you know, because when people argue for Dina and Saka, people like to use double standards. Saka was born in a, in a village. Saka was born in a manger, while Fodin was born with a silver spoon. So if you're saying that Fodin has won the treble, I agree with you. Fodin has won the treble, yes, he contributed, he played his part. But at the same time, you can't also start saying that Foden has to compete with KDB and David Silva and Bernardo Silva and blah, blah, blah. And Saka has to compete with Nelson. Because that is why Saka isn't winning the treble. If Saka has to compete with KDB and Haaland, then of course Saka will be winning the treble. You have the treble on his CV. In the English team, where there's a level playing field for everyone, we all know that 
yes, a lot of these managers use politics. But I mean, what on earth can be the politics of Saka starting right wing ahead of Foden? Saka is even in Arsenal, for God's sake. Arsenal doesn't have half of Man City's PR over the last five years. So why on earth would Southgate be using politics? Because this guy delivers. It's not as if he doesn't deliver. He has won England's Player of the Year back to back. Saka won the Most Man of the Match awards at the World Cup for England too. You can check it, and he scored three goals too. Him and Rashford are the highest scorers, even more than King. So that is just to show you how much he has delivered for the English national team, and that is something that Foden hasn't done so far. So I don't know. I'll just place him above him for now because if we're talking about talent, it's subjective. But these are the facts, and facts are the facts, in my opinion. Then, to address what you said about Foden breaking out at a young age, we all know that Foden broke out at a young age. And we, know, we all know that Foden started firing at like 19, 18. I even remember that game I'm talking about. But let's not forget that Saka too broke out at a very young age. Saka's debut was at 17 and he scored two goals and an assist in Europa League. But like I said, Europa League, why? Because he was born in a manger. Do you want him to start in Champions League when Arsenal were finishing eighth? Saka had to carry Arsenal on his back for a whole season. Winning young player of the season and Arsenal player of the season. I mean, these are the things that, that yes, I'm not saying Foden can't do it, but Foden hasn't done it. So for now, I just put him ahead of him because of that, not because of talent. In my opinion, Foden is even more talented, but that is just my opinion. And the facts are facts. Okay, okay. Like I said, if we talk about this, we're going to dwell on it too much. So let's, let's move on to the next, uh, the next segment. Okay, so we all know that, like I said earlier, English, English games came back. And somebody else that came back was Ivan Tony. And I know how much Arsenal fans wanted Ivan Tony to come back. Not only because like they wanted to see him play, but because as everybody knows, they've been chasing a striker and he's top of the list. And the guy came back, he captained his team, he scored a free kick. And yeah, it was it was the guy is just too good, honestly, because like last season when Kane Kane Kane, I think Kane scored thirty, Haaland scored thirty six. The guy plays for Brentford and he scored twenty. So like it was obvious that it was a very big miss for for Brentford, and yeah, it's really good to see the guy back on the team. If Arsenal wants to, I feel personally, I feel any club that they should watch the guy for like one more extra season, honestly, to see how consistent he is. You can't just chase some players like that. At least give them, watch them for like one extra season, because sometimes now, if you just follow the player now, who would have used as an example now himself? Like just seeing the guy once now. Like I feel like Solanke now. If they buy Solanke, any big club buys Solanke now. Like I feel like what he's doing now, he will not do it that next exactly. season. This is just a purple patch, obviously. Because I feel like maybe it's probably just a one season wonder. Maybe this is just his lucky season. I know I even feel that he might not end up ending the season with more than twenty four goals in total or so. I think I think he's on like twelve now in Prem. He's on like twelve in Prem now. He's he's twelve. Him and Son they are <coughs> both together, so Maybe Arsenal should just watch the guy for one extra season and see how it goes. And if it goes well, maybe they can buy in general transfer window self. Just this next first half of the season. Do you guys think that um obviously you know that Osimens Osimens situation with Napoli is not the best right now? Do you guys think he'll come to Prem? Well, um for sure we all know that um Osimen has already made up his mind. He just revealed to us a few days ago. In my opinion, I think he's coming to Chelsea because he was talking about how Joba inspired him and you know all this bullshit that these players say. But normally, we know that Arsenal have been, have been chasing Oshimen. Arsenal are looking for a top striker that can actually raise the, the ceiling of the club right now, not a striker like Solanke that is not even better than the one we already have. We're looking for a striker like, like okay, 
arguably Tony might be better than Jesus. Might perhaps. I, I think I think he's a better goal scorer because even Jesus has said it himself that goal scoring is not his best. Yeah, it's not his best ability. Exactly. And Tony also has some other elements to his game, like set pieces, like hold up plays. Hold up plays crazy. You understand? His 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 ability in the air. So Foden might um, Tony might actually raise the the floor, but I think Osimhen raise the ceiling, and Osimhen is going to be much much more expensive. And I also think he's going to choose Chelsea over us because of that his boyhood club. And and the job influence is crazy, so we might just have to settle for Tony or or, or someone else. But right now, I think Osimhen is coming to the Premier League, and I think he's coming to either Chelsea or Arsenal. Okay, so for that part, obviously, we we'll just have to wait and see in the um, in the summer transfer window. So, so yeah, we're already talking about Arsenal, and not only did the FA Cup games come back, even the Premier League games came back. Arsenal beat uh, Crystal Palace five 0 I remember in the first episode, I was talking about how left-wingers have not really been that good this season. And I mentioned Martinelli. I don't know whether the guy heard me. Then the guy and I was thinking I scored two from the bench. So, yeah. Let's hear what you guys have to say. What am I to say about <laughs> Arsenal? Martinelli is overrated. That is all. Please, first. <laughs> well, I've said it before. And I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. Form is temporary, but class is permanent. You know, when when players are not on form, top players, class players like Martinelli, when they are not on form, you have to look at the 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 structural issues first. First things first. And anyone that has watched us now this season and last season will know that because Harvard is playing in that LCM role, he's playing like a supporting striker. Like a shadow striker behind Jesus, that is kind of like eating up some of Martinelli's space because we all know that Martinelli has been the inside forward, while Saka has been the traditional winger. That's how we've been playing. But Jaka was a proper central midfielder. So now that Party is back, we might see a midfielder of Party rise or the guard and have on the bench. And if we see that, then I think Martinelli will have more room and can will just remind everyone that he's a top player. Okay, that's about it for the English game. So let's move over to Germany. And the Bundesliga title race is really hitting up. I said it before how I think that Leverkusen, they actually beat Bayern this season. And they, they, like, they like made me think that more. Because like when they played Leipzig, the game ended 2-3. Last minute winner from, um, I think, what was it? I can't remember. But like they scored a last minute winner. Grimaldo, best left back in the world, got to assist again. So, I, yeah, I'd just like to hear you guys' opinion on, like, how you think the Bundesliga season is going to end up. Because, like, everything, everything I think we've come to the point in the season where things are really taking shape. Because, uh, you know how Sancho, Sancho just went back to Dortmund. I think he had an assist in his first game. He won a penalty in his second game. Um, he said something about how he wants Dortmund to be, like, top four. And, obviously, they are, they are fifth right now. They should, I don't know. Let, let's just hear what you guys have to say. Personally, I won't lie. I feel like Bayern are still going to win this league. I'm not even going to lie because Leverkusen right now at the moment they are four points ahead of Bayern, and Leverkusen because all their matches this season have been win win draw draw. So like, you just draw this your next match, and the odds of Bayern losing their next match is zero. So personally, I feel like the match if I don't just draw their next match or so is one point. Bayern three points. So like and they are still like. Well, like game week 21 or 20 at the moment, or 22 right now. No, okay. no, but let's see, I think they are still in like 14. You know, they, only, they play less games because they have less teams. Okay, yeah, that is true. So, personally, I just feel like Bayern, they are still going to win the league, whether I like it or not, because that is, that is how it. See, 
this king course that they are saying this king's course or whatever i don't even believe in it because this is what happened last season those little mistake from Dortmund and Bayern took that chance instantly they don't even waste it so like yeah so i saw this tweet some days ago about how king's course about how the guy never wins trophies and then Coman, the way he has never gone this season without winning a trophy this is it like the whole Bayern thing i think is just interesting because like like now that they have Kane, I think he's even doing better for them than Lewandowski was, because he has. I think he has equaled his record of Brooklyn, something like that. And then Sunny is still he's still firing. He assisted in their last game. Um, I think they even won their last game. So like, Bundesliga, I feel like is a very interesting one to watch out for. Yeah, I I still I I think I was I was telling one of my guys, Kana, beginning of season that there are some real top. Spanish managers that are coming through this next generation, and most of them are PEP students. But Xabi Alonso isn't really a PEP student, per se, but I think you'd have learned a thing or two from PEP. You no know, PEP has that influence, he has influenced the whole modern football. There's no one that can say that PEP hasn't influenced a thing or two in his tactical stuff. So I, I, I think that Xabi Alonso has the minerals to win this league because Leverkusen have, have proven to us time and time again. Last minute goals, the mentality, the quality, the bench quality, everything, even with all the injuries that they've had, even Boniface just got injured recently. They still won Leipzig away. They still won, um, I think, was it Freiburg in last minute, 90 plus four. So, so I think that they can win this league. And it's just going to be really funny because Ken is actually going trophyless in his first season. Awesome. But when Saka and Bellingham delivered the Euros for him this summer, I think it's going to be a very, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a silver lining. It's going to be a silver lining clouds here. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Bellingham, we're going over to Spain right now. And... <laughs> We're going to start with Barca's game against Real Betis. And I said it in the last podcast, you, you all heard it. Ferran Torres is the best right-wing guy in the world. He proved it, he scored a hat-trick. So I hope you guys know, as you're listening to this, Ferran Torres, I know, I know you're going to listen to this because he's my boy. So yeah, just keep up, keep, keep, keep up doing the good things you're doing. Mm. If, I, if we enter any backers matter, I'll talk about Lamin Yamal, Felix, Cancelo, my boys, my yes, boys. Final to Madrid. Okay, so what is your point? <laughs> the youngest player to witness a Vinicius Junior hat trick live and direct. See, I personally I feel why Lamy Yamal is in like cause of pressure. He's Lamy at this point Lamy Yamal is like this same thing Loki that was happening to Ansfati, cause everybody saw Ansfati's talent and the next thing is, once once you just call it the next Messi, because even Pep said that there's no one like Messi. Once you just call it the next Messi, like it's just over for you. Because what people are expecting from you, eh, they expect is like be so perfect, even better than Messi. And you can't put that compression on, on a fucking 16-year-old boy. Even he's trying his best. I can't even lie. He's actually doing very well. Like the um bars he guys, he's this like he's he's see at these points, bar. I'll take him over many right wingers, even in prayer himself. So, like, who, which, who is another? Okay, let me not say Saka. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing is, uh, he's actually good. Ferran Torres, Baka is, I don't even know their problem at this point, because I can't even say if he's Zavi. Okay, Zavi is also like 50% of the problem, because sometimes the formation is used, like, it's 
it baffles me. Like their match against um before before their their match against Madrid that they lost the match four two or so or four one. They had a match that they played Roberto midfield and okay he did well that match. I think he like scored brace. He scored it and nearly scored hat tricks of that match. But because of he has done it once doesn't mean that you do it again or cause they now played in the same thing again. Now this time they now played Pedri on the right swing and I don't even know what Zavi is trying to cook or whatever. I can't even call him and those keep out of the main. Okay, sometimes he does like annoying things on the pitch, like some things that he misses, but I can't even call him an issue right now. So we don't know what the problem. They are just like at this point they are playing like sports. You might think the manager is the problem sometimes, but you don't even know what the, the problem can come from inside somewhere. You don't know. It's just they just they are just a problem naturally. So Yeah, I I read those Baka youngsters, you know. The guy is just 16, so the guy is just 16, so normally what he's doing is not normal because, I mean, to be honest, where was Messi at 16? <laughs> but, but I, I read, I read most of them. This guy was bad to come for him. <laughs> I read most of them. But, and it, but it seems that Javi, Javi is suffering a lot right now. And some high standards... Backer supporters are really vexing me because they know that this guy doesn't even have the money to get. He didn't, couldn't even get Zubimendi. He had to settle down for that Romeo guy from Salampton. Like, what the fuck, bro? This this bus, there's no money. And Gavi has ACL. The second is injured till like March or so. Um, this guy has frequent injuries. Baudi, I know Baudi used to have frequent injuries. Arahu must continue his frequent his frequent injuries too. So and uh, if you check too, you see some other injuries that maybe I, I don't even know. So the guy is actually trying his best. They should just free the guy because Haba, they literally begged this guy to come when their club was in trenches and he, he won the league for them next season, broke records and how much did he even spend? The only ball I want to ski, Rafinha and um, Kunde. So it's not it's not easy at all at all. They should just free the guy. He's he's getting the best out of the young stars like Yamal and and Femin. And um, and some other guys, yeah. So I I I read them actually. They are I, really impressing. I actually agree with him. Just that, apart from dropping formations and tactics and everything, you also have to prepare your players mentally. That is another big factor, and that is what Pep does. He prepares their, he prepares the players mentally. And at this point in Baka, I can't say the players that had like real passion for that club is like this. It was this person. It's Gavi at the moment. Because if you see Gavi plays, even Baka is using 2-0, so the guys will be playing like the match is 2-0-0. So at this point, the players have like serious passion for Baka and all. Because the rest of the players just be like, oh, more, let me just play and call my salary, win or loss, whatever. I know what you're going to finish top four. And what you're going to go to Champions League next season because that is, that is your Barcelona. That is how La Liga is meant to be. So at this point, it's only Gavi that has passion. So you have to prepare your players mentally, apart from preparing them. Giving them your tactics and your formation and physically. Also, so, Ran Torres now, I uh, can't say that he has improved from his last season. He has improved like very well. I so, think he's already on double digits this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's better than Anthony, all these niggas. <laughs> okay, still on La Liga. Uh, Madrid, they won their match 3 2 against Almeria. And for me, the biggest takeaway from that game was Vinicius' goal. Obviously, there was controversy about whether it was a handball or not. But personally, I feel like people are forgotten what the handball is. In my opinion, that thing clearly hits his, 
like his shoulder region. Exactly, yeah, because uh, it, it was it, it was something that you know most people have this agenda against Madrid that the refs have always been on our side for like how long now it's crazy and if, and the funny things that it, the funny things that you guys say our this guy and us now fan is a madrid fan and the funny things that a, a lot of a lot of madrid fans actually have this funny agenda too against Barca that the refs are also so it's just it's just like premier league that will just keep pointing at each other when the refs are actually just shit no but no, i, I don't in think in my opinion the humble it was clearly his shoulder like People just want the narratives to like flow, but and I get it; it's all part of banter and everything. But it was clearly showed that, like, bro, the hand doesn't start from, from, from the clavicle bone exactly in football. The hand they give some small gap. Yeah, I, think, I think the rule is that, like, if it's under the sleeve, that's when it's counted as handball. But I feel like all over Europe this season, refs haven't really been it, especially in Premier League, because especially, yeah. like. And it's not even today that I started because even me, I'm a City fan, but I have to admit, I think it was two seasons ago against Everton, that one that hit them, um, Rodri's hand. Yeah, I feel like if that was given, we probably would have won the, the league. So, like, I, I don't know whether Madrid or Girona is on top right now, but I feel like if Girona is on top, it's good for them because that handball decision, well, it was given, it, it was given to Madrid, but like all those kind of things, I feel like. Obviously, the refs, in my opinion, they got it right, but in future cases, they are definitely going to make another mistake. So, hopefully, the refs can just do better this season because these things can really affect the leagues at the end of the season. I don't know what to say about the match. I didn't watch the match. I was just following shoes to first call, saying 2 0, 2 1, 3 1, goal cancelled, 2 2, next thing, 3 2. So, personally, I don't know what to say. As far as anything against Vinny, I agree it was the handball because it's Vinny. I don't like Vinny. So, yes, handball. Okay, so let's talk about Girona. They beat Sevilla 5-1. And, like, that match was crazy because, like, I think Sevilla scored first by, let's say, let's say, like, 20 minutes into the game. The score was already 3-1. And this guy, Dovbik, I don't know if I'm correct, if I'm saying his name correctly, but, like, the guy scored a hat-trick. And I think he's also one of the guys that just came to La Liga this season so like him and Bellingham I feel like he has actually been underrated in terms of signings of the summer because like him Savio and there's this other guy I can't really remember his name right now like the guys in Girona right now I feel like these guys they're going to be like Leicester in 15-16 because nobody expected them Talking to be doing about, um Girona's five win 5-1 win without, how he was going to forget Isco's brace against Baka I mean, for a club like Real Betis, Isco is still doing really good. So, I'm a Baka fan. I'm a rival fan, definitely. But, I mean, we still have to acknowledge the facts that Isco is good. And we're forgetting Griezmann and Moratas, how they are carrying Atletico at the moment now. That's true, that's true. So, we can't just keep into Girona like that. So, Sevilla, I don't understand them, actually, because last season, it was the same Atletico that won them 6-1 or so with... Memphis Brace, Griezmann Brace, I think well scored. And so like I don't understand Sevilla. Like I think their aim is just not to get relegated or just enter any European competition. That is their point. Champs, Europa, um, Conference League. As far as maybe they finish on the first half of the table, that is Sevilla's aim yeah, at this point. Yeah, because normally everybody knows how good they are in Europa, but are they even in Europa this season? I don't think so. Yeah, because I'm I'm not sure, but I don't think they qualified from last season. So like I really don't know why. They are not doing that well because they don't really have other other competitions to, 
to like prioritize so it's really crazy because even last season they weren't this good and even the super cup i remember when we played them at the beginning of the season it was tough but like like you could see you could see that like there's no they're not really hungry for trophies i don't know i don't know if that makes sense but like Sevilla is just not the same as they were before. Sevilla have just suffered from, I don't know, a huge, there's been a huge decline since their manager left, um, I think two years ago, when, when Lopetugi left them. But in my opinion, the new coach, I've forgotten his name, did well taking them to Europa League final and winning it. But they, he didn't really do much for them in the league. And this season, you know, knockout football is different. Knockout football, you can grind wins, you can just use penalties, different ways, and just find the way to get the job done. But league is a cumulative entire season of 38 games. So I don't, I just think Kamal caught up to him this season, and it was just sad. It was, it was a very terrible start. I think they were in the relegation zone at some point. They were so shit in our group in, in Champions League. And um, they even they even lost they lost to PSV they lost twice to us they couldn't even make Europa League they finished last they got rid of the manager it's just been sad I think the the club needs an entire overhaul with there are a lot of old players in that squad too I know of so they should just start afresh or something they can take notes from Arteta maybe learn how to rebuild. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really sad what's going on in Sevilla, but still on the note of things that are sad in football. Um, this last week of football, like I don't know why it's still going on, but you guys know Mike Mania, the keeper in AC Milan. Yeah, in their game against Udinese, fans were racially abusing the guy, and mm-hmm. like this thing, this thing, I don't know why it's so prominent in in Italy especially, but like I don't know why it's still going on in football, because like at the end of the day, we're all human beings, we're all just like these guys are just trying to make a living. So for you to spend like you're paying money to come and watch them play ball. I get that he doesn't play for your club, but it doesn't mean like you have to be abusing the guy. So obviously, it's something that the FA or whoever is in charge in Italy over. I don't know if they are going to hear this podcast, but honestly, like I'm sure, I'm sure they already get feedback from all these things. But the thing is that I don't know why nothing is just being done, because even some seasons ago, maybe it was even last season when similar things happened to Lukaku, happened to some other guys. I think even Udogi when he was there. They were racially abusing him, so it's just, it's just, it's just a really, it's, it's a sad thing, honestly. Personally, racism is like at this point it's stupid, cause I don't even see the points. Cause imagine an Arsenal fan, Arsenal fans being racist to like a Chelsea player when you know you have your own black yeah, players yeah, in your own club. So I don't even know. I swear, it's like your main player. Is that the like man you fans? When you know your star player is Rashford, yeah. so yes, I, I can't, I don't grab how you're being racist to like an opponent. Even sometimes, some players are even racist to their own mm-hmm. player. Like, you see, man, people say it was not racist, but at this point, we have all fashioned this shot because people say it was just a joke. But us black people, we never take it as a joke because we know if it's something that we did to them, they won't take it as a joke. So I don't see the point of being racist like a rival team when you know. You have like definitely you have your own black player who sometimes even your your best player in your team. So this racism team sometimes is like they are just doing it because of they don't have what to do or they don't even want to, they just they just want to spite things up, mm. honestly. And the the craziest thing to me is like even even okay let's say Rashford for example he plays for United even though last season he was not even he was definitely their best player you still see them abusing the guy like what more do you want these guys to do. 
this guy is scoring goals for you, but like let's say he misses a pass, you just hear exactly. them monkey, this and that. I remember that time that Daniel Alves, Daniel Alves was playing that like, he threw bananas at the guy. Like this yeah. thing has been going on for long. Remember World Cup was your cup Rashford missed a free kick and Kane fucking missed a penalty. Yeah, and the headline ended with Rashford. Rashford yeah, doesn't matter. No man, I don't even, know. Even that time at the Euros when um Rashford, Sancho, Sancho and Saka, like, be- because they were definitely wise players in the uh, because England wasn't the first team to lose on penalties. Obviously, it was the final, but still, there were other teams that went out on penalties. Other whites, like majorly white nations, but you don't you didn't see people attacking them. The way and the thing is that these guys were all very young then. I think Saka was like yeah, nineteen or so. Exactly. Rashford was probably like twenty three. Sancho was twenty one. So like they don't even care. Whether you're, it's just, it's just sad, honestly. But let's 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 just go to something a little less um heartbreaking. So in Eredivisie, I'm not sure if everybody watches it, but we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, PSV. Uh, oh yeah, shout out to my guy Guadu. He's the one that brought this to my to my notice. PSV, they were on a 17 game winning streak. Like throughout this season, they hadn't lost, but finally it came to an end when they drew with FC Utrecht. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that well. So yeah, that's that. And then also Henderson. This one surprised me because like I didn't really know Henderson was the kind of player that could bring many shared sales. But the guy had the most, like he broke the record for the most shared sales for an Ajax player. So I find I find that very interesting. Preston, I don't know what to say, man. Um, she, apart from shared sales, let's talk about Falcon going back to Europe. Mm. Ronaldo fans were making noise that Ronaldo is bringing players to to Saudi and all. But as you can see, slowly, slowly, those players are, are, are going to leave slowly because they are at the point they'll see that this money. They need they need they actually need competition. I'm not trying to say that um, the American League is good or anything or Messi's league is good or anything. All I'm trying to say is that Ronaldo sometimes the things he says, I don't even know why he says it, because the father is saying League One, no or Saudi so, give the Saudi League PR. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but fuck saying the his um, Saudi League is better than League One. That, that I know. Yes, the the biggest farmers league in Europe is actually League One. Let's not deceive ourselves. Because of PSG have like been winning it consistently, so that is the biggest farmers league in Europe. But how about how we just come and because now I feel like his league now if if he close like maybe down. Somehow, somehow, they end up playing like against any big European club. Like, what is wrong that Al Hilal Abi himself plays against Arsenal? Does he think like they can easily just be yeah, Arsenal yeah, like that? So, let's beat us in the Champions League, I remember. Nice. Yeah, but that, that, that was just one game. I think Arsenal won the rest of their games. Six. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Let's beat us in the pre- in the Champions League. Can Ali Hilal beat us? It's not possible now. Yeah. <laughs> like, the way, the way we have farmers, I feel like Prem. I don't I, not necessarily overhyped, but I feel like the way the way like this is there was a period of time in Champions League, I think even in Europa when um all the all the English teams apart from City lost because I remember United lost that week. That's now that was the time that they lost to Lens. Honestly, we all know that La Liga is the most competitive league in football. Honestly, because at this point they are most competitive league. Cause Haba, look at it now. All of them finish first. All of them freaking finished. Every single La Liga team finished. Even Real Sociedad finished first maybe, on their maybe, own. This maybe you're referring to the quality of the top teams in La Liga. That is different from the overall competitiveness of the league. Because 
who is going to win La Liga this season? Calm down. How? What we're talking about is when all when all the leagues now meets in Champions League, in, in, in not even European competition in general, and we can see how most times the like, Spanish teams are actually dominate. So let's just be honest yeah, ourselves. Or right, but if one talk about based on just their league, yeah, is Syria, is Syria, Syria, yeah, yeah because Syria, Syria last season it was it, it was uh, Napoli. Napoli, the one before that AC Milan, before that it was not Inter. Syria. This season it looks like it's going to be Inter again. So based on like who can win it, who can win it, I think it's La Liga because they have, I think if Betis were serious, they would probably be able to finish like second or third. But like in terms of who actually wins it. Like, um, what they call the Serie A, they are the ones that like it changes con- consistently. Well, Spanish clubs might not be like serious with their league, but once they enter European competition, yeah. like they are a whole different club. I even I don't even think that that narrative should have casted by now. I think Spanish clubs are actually because the league have really massive, like massively improved recently ever since Messi left, and they needed a lot of ever since Ronaldo sorry left, and they needed a lot of. PR because you know the main thing that was keeping that league was that Messi Ronaldo, versus Ronaldo, yeah. yeah. So when Ronaldo left, they needed to actually boost it. They they worked on they brought VR first before yeah, Premier yeah. League and other leagues. They worked on many things. And now in my opinion yourself, the league has more tech and, yes. and more analysis yes. and everything. Yes. If you see the way they analyze in the studio, everything is on mm-hmm. point and the competition, everything has skyrocketed. Even even teams that defend in La Liga. Um, if you see the way they pack balls, all these getter face, it's crazy. Exactly. It's crazy. It's at West Ham's level. But it's just that when I was talking about competitiveness of league, I was referring to like the way the Premier League, like every single game is so difficult these yeah, days. Yeah. Like nothing is guaranteed. You know, in every league, people still have those giveaway teams from like 13th to 20th. The Premier League is only Burnley that seems like giveaway team. Them are Chelsea. Only Burnley, of course, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> then Sheffield and um, even Luton. No, even, even, exactly, even Luton Town. I remember that time that, that um, Arsenal beat them 4-3. Like yeah. when they lose, it's only by one goal. Yeah, they're not pushovers. Chelsea hasn't struggled against... Missing them, yeah. No, let's just be them 3 2. They struggled. Us two will be them 4 3. Must be them 2 1. Liverpool drew 1 1. Man, you be them 1 0. Everybody's struggling against Luton. Tottenham beat them 1 0. And Tottenham will be very good this season. Aston Villa, I think Aston Villa beat them, was it 3 1 also? But it was it was a tough game. About Tottenham being good this season, I would say Tottenham, they're like, look at the severe of Premier League. At this point, I don't think they are fighting for any cup. They just feel like, let me finish first half of table. Enter European competition, highest yeah. stage like um round of sixteen or quarter finals and get knocked out. That is their, that is their circle right now. But we don't know. Maybe Angie is going to change it now at this point. Maybe he's going to change it. So we don't know. Anything. We don't know about that again. So yeah, but in general, Syria is like the most competitive league. And but when it comes to European competitions, Spanish league, La Liga, they dominate. They put like that. They dominate. If you want to talk about AFCON, like what people have said, this AFCON is more about seeing other countries lose than to see your own country win. Because people are never even concerned about their country winning. They are just concerned about or being happy. Like now, Nigerians now, our happiness is Ghana has been knocked out. So it's just about rivalry now. This AFCON is about like rivalry from way back, hatred and all. So exactly. So this AFCON is not even about... Winning uh, uh, Nigeria self entering round of 16 messy, with just three goals. Three goals. So I don't even wonder. This AFCON is something else, honestly. It's like funny and shocking at this point. It's not like the quality of the competition is obviously not like 
it's not top notch, but still, like you said, my, most people are just watching it to see like who loses. Not really because like we want like obviously we're Nigerians, we want Nigeria to win. But like I honestly have to say like it's not really been that interesting. But like the kind of things that have happened, like Ivory Coast is going out. Like they are the host nation, but yet they are going out. Algeria they've won it twice. They they came last in their group. Guys like Mares were there. Um, this Wolves guy, what's his name? This left back. Um, I knew he, yeah, I knew he was there. Like they have all these bigger players, but and the thing we the thing with Afcon is like you can have the bigger players, but it doesn't really help you like that because see Ivory Coast they have Zaha, they have Sangari, um, they have some other big names, but they are already out. Ghana obviously we're happy that they're out because of the rivalry that we have with them. But I think like for me, the most interesting thing that happened this Afcon was the way Cameroon qualified because like that their match they won two three, but they can't the go for Gambia so like. There has there haven't really been so many highlights. Uh, hopefully the competition gets better because like most times, even the last half corner, I remember most of the scores are like like binary scores. If it's not ending one one, it's ending one zero or zero zero. So hopefully in the nearest future, the uh, the competition will get better. Okay, so this brings us to the ending of this second episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't heard the first episode already, the link is in the um, is somewhere. <laughs> the link is somewhere. So yeah, thanks for listening. So like guys like share, drop a comment if possible. Yeah. yeah, just like share, make sure you actually pay attention to what we say because we speak facts over here, man. Just please pay attention, listen to it, find some time, share.